are are you sleeping on two twin mattresses pushed together that have a very large gap between them? Oh, did you not see my Twitter post about this? I'm I, I, I'm supposed to go yes and, but really the answer is just no. No, I didn't. <laughs> Fucking Sweden, man. Sweden and Germany. Listen, people tell me that this is an international thing and it happens all over the place, but for me... Sweden and Germany are the biggest culprits, and I'm convinced it came from Sweden. The idea that you could call it a queen by just putting two twins together. And so it's either a two twin or it's a queen. And, you know, you just keep them together. Ugh, fucking hate it. God damn it. So I, I've slept on split queen beds before, and, like, I don't like it, but generally it's fine, especially if you're, like, with a partner sometimes and you don't want to, like, cuddle. But it looks like yours has a Grand Canyon between the actual mattresses, which seems problematic. Like, how do you – you can't lay on that bed diagonally. You have to, like, stick to a mattress. Yeah. I just stick to one side or the other. That's it. I hate these beds. <laughs> <laughs> they also look really like the edge of the mattress is small. We should. I'll. I'll, I'll go call Johnny SL and file a complaint on your behalf right now. That 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 this is not star treatment that you're deserving of. I uh, I asked the business department hotel thing if they had any single like actual queen mattresses, and they said yes, but it was in a. It, there was one room that had it. Uh, so I would have to change rooms, and the room itself doesn't have like they they take out our phone to plug in the internet that we have here for the landlines okay. for in these rooms. So that room wouldn't have that. So worthless, <laughs> worthless to me. Uh, how's uh, aside from the fact that your sleeping situation is now uh, completely abhorrent? Uh, how's how's Sweden going? Did, did, did you get back uh, into casting? Are, are, we, are we ready? Are we back? We're here. We're started. My sleeping still kind of sucks because I'm doing NA in Sweden. So I go to sleep around 5 or 6 a.m. or try to be. Uh, and then I wake up sometime anywhere between noon and possibly like 3 or 4 p.m. if I take a sleeping pill. And that means I miss entirety of daylight. I do not see daylight if I actually sleep those times. It's interesting. So, like, when ESO made the business decision to do North America and Europe, that means that they were kind of committing their talent to being nocturnal for a year, which I guess, you know, y'all... Half the talent. Half of it. Half the talent. The the Western European talent, they get to live the normal person life. But the NA crew has to live the degenerate life. I like I, I guess y'all like agreed. Like you said yes, right? Like you knew what the terms were and were like, we're fine with this. Yeah. But that's that still feels not awesome. It's like, hey, if you want to work this event, you have to just, you know, completely fuck with your internal clock. Your circadian it's the same as BTS gone. with Southeast Asia, you know. Uh, in fact, it's probably the same. Uh, not as bad. Uh, I think it's actually probably fine. It's just early mornings for those guys covering China. They're in uh, Ukraine. I found that mm. out uh, the other day. That apparently that's main cast. 
not PGL, weirdly enough, who's doing the coverage, the English coverage for uh, the Chinese broadcast. That, that's where that like apartment. No, no. I was watching the Division 2 Eastern Europe broadcast, but I don't think I've seen the Chinese broadcast yet. Eastern Europe is in that like it looks like a little nice little cozy apartment. That's yeah, the like BTS a loft studio that they made. Yeah, that's the BTS studio. Okay, so all of them are in Los Angeles. Yeah. Okay, so I should message Sheep and ask her to get lunch. I didn't even know that. God, I should pay more attention to yeah. people and where they are. <laughs> yeah, they were there when I I was working that, and I was working with Sheep in L.A. You goober. Okay, hold on, Phil, for a second. I'm gonna go ahead and message Alex. Um, <laughs> um, I I've I've only watched that little eensy teensy bit that BTS has been doing. I haven't fully gotten uh-huh. back on the bandwagon. That's probably because the liquid games actually tomorrow, so I haven't been watching anything that's not that. Um, any anything to report back from 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 another week of Dota games? It looks uh, like we've been light on the really. drama. Yeah, it's pretty light in the drama. The uh, the the weird post today. Have you seen the post from today? The one about Quincy Crew. The one about North Korea. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, that is a little bit. I guess it is objectively weirder than than what I wanted to talk about for Quincy Crew. Um, I, I I saw the headline and in classic Reddit fashion, I just read the headline. Um, but but the understanding that I have from literally the title is that Dota Two is gaining popularity in North Korea. Is there like any sources or confirm like did you read through it like what's the story here no it's just what this guy says and this uh youtube video the korean youtube video that i obviously cannot understand so uh and to be honest like even if this isn't like a news report or something so i kind of i doubt the veracity of these claims because also like the guy who posting it is like I asked a friend of mine who had recently escaped from North Korea. I, how many people out there know, like, if you're South Korean or Chinese, like, how many people, like, what percentage of the population would you say just happens to know somebody who escaped from North Korea? I, you know, like, I'm putting doubt on this entire thing. Maybe it's true. I, you know, I could be entirely wrong. But until I'm, uh, it's proven true, I don't believe this. So what do you so like Kim Jong Un's favorite hero is Sand King. <laughs> no, that's Gabe. Ah, the same person, that's right? Weird, you would. <laughs> They're both oversized dictators. Yeah, exactly. They 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 both have like entire <laughs> you know regimes underneath them and 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 unfathomable wealth. So maybe the actual <laughs> real story here is that they're the same per. Have you ever seen them in the same room? I mean, that goes back to that Steam post, right? Or Do you remember that, that Steam map, the world map? And there's just that one dot in North Korea, you know? <laughs> it, go, it goes back to that. Who knows? Maybe it's true. Uh, and we did get into an interesting discussion of, like, how much money would it take you to cast an event in North Korea? I mean, I... Mm. I think it depends on who's inviting me. Because if I can go to North Korea, I'm assuming I'm a caster now. If I can go to North Korea and get the Dennis Rodman treatment, I don't think I would instantly say no. The the assumption being that it it, it it's, it's the North Korean government inviting you. Maybe not Kim Jong-un like personally signing a letter or something, but this is a, a tournament put on by the state. 
Um, I would want it to probably be multiples of a normal day rate because I'm assuming that they're going to pay for it. So, like, from a business perspective, I think you could probably get money out of there. I, If I feel like I can get a safe opportunity to visit North Korea, I'm sure I would be anxious the entire time and on edge and, like, generally unhappy. But it would be really hard to turn that experience down. Think of the story wow. that comes out of it. Think, think of You're thinking about this in an entirely different way. Nobody in the talent group thought of it this way. Nobody. What? Effie was concerned about supporting a a, uh, a a regime like that in any form. And I'm over there saying, well, if I can get X amount of money, I think that it easily outdo does like the good that I can do with that money outdoes uh, whatever like weird publicity I would give to the dictatorship of North Korea. I don't know, man. All press is good press. I think th- I appreciate Effie's um, uh, morals because apparently mine are weaker because that was not the first thing my brain <laughs> yeah, went to. Yeah, you were like, I'd go to, t- I think it would be an interesting experience. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm over, like Effie's over there like, I would never do it. I would never support a regime like that. And I'm over here like, uh, it's definitely over a million dollars, but like, it's probably less than five. <laughs> <laughs> there's yeah i mean there's a certain amount of money to where my morals would just collapse like like full stop um but but like think of the story how many people get to travel Mm. to north korea at behest of the north korean government at that point you're probably your life is probably also different times of fucked up because i'm sure if you're going over there and there's press about it that means that you're also like getting calls by the fbi and the cia and you are now (laughs) you are now suddenly intertwined with the american government because of the amount of people that go over surely that they that there's like briefing for you or like other shit like that's also stressful and cool and you're not getting paid for that Uh, yeah they're they're telling you to like all right so here's all the hidden devices you want to we want to hidden spy devices we want to carry on you and you're you're like oh shit and you don't want to say no because they're the ones who are going to bail your ass out if you get imprisoned for life in north korea or some shit like you know you you don't want to say no to the cia because you know they're, they're the first call to get you the fuck out of there if something goes wrong but at the same time I don't know. Do you think that if you traveled to North Korea as a commentator, that you would own the rights to that story so then you could also sell the Netflix documentary about it? True, true. That's a good point. Yeah, probably. I don't like that I'm thinking about money more than I'm thinking about the morals of uh, what is... uh, by most accounts, a brutal dictatorship. But you know, you know what? I've I've been on a on a, I've been a a big kick of like what I could do with money to the people around me. You know, like if if I get three mil out of that, like I'm setting the the my loved ones around me. They're good. I don't have to worry about them for the rest of their lives. You know. Yeah. I've been on that kick lately. That's 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 how I think about these situations. Because uh, I think we already talked about this, but like my uh, my moral compass mostly uh, like I don't have some drive to do anything like real big with the world. You know, like I'm not trying to to, to make some major change in the world. Uh, but I'm a big believer in just like making the people around you happy in a good way you know 
I think that's that that's good enough. That's a, that's enough purpose for me. So if I could do that, if I could secure the bag for the people around me, you're making good enough for me. You're making you're making small change, macro change, right? Yeah. I'm f- I'm for that. I yeah. There there there's amount of money. I I don't I don't know I don't know what it would be. I don't know what it would be. It, it would be a decent chunk, but the life experience that that's, also, that's anybody, catching me up. If anybody's wondering, this is not an upside down cross. I'm not a uh, a follower of whatever saint was buried uh, was was crucified upside down. Nor am I a part of a satanic cult. This is just for the video viewers. Is is that a yes. is is that, is that a portable speaker? That is a portable speaker. That is a minus and plus sign that are weirdly close together, so it looks like a cross. I thought that that was one of those speakers, and then I'm like, is that just the lamp? And then I'm like, I'm gonna ignore this. <laughs> but yeah. I, I've seen one of those, those before. Those portable speakers, they, uh, they, I, I, I love those things. They make my life a lot better when I'm traveling in hotels. Um. I, I guess I'm just normally using the speaker on my phone as opposed to traveling with a small clip-on portable speaker. I have a big one that I keep in my car. Like I have like a, like a party-sized one for when you want to like it's you know. It's a different kick feel. It. You know, it's a different feel when it comes from an actual speaker like that than from your phone. Plus, it means I can be in the bed uh, and be doing like things on my phone without the sound coming like directly out at me. It's more of an atmospheric thing, you know. How much? It's, uh, very. It makes me more zen. How much of like your general alone time is accompanied by music? Like if you're in that room by yourself, a lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah, I listen to a lot of music. Interesting. Like, like if you ever l- watch my stream, there's almost always music going on. You know. So that's the kind of person I am. I I do probably like an hour to 90 minutes a day of podcasting at like during various activities as as like a secondary Mm. activity. But I, I really struggle to just have background music on all the time. Like if I'm in my room, like doing work or thinking or just browsing the internet, like I don't, I don't have a background track of track going almost ever because I find it a little distracting. It's hard. It's hard for me to have music just in the background and not be a focus. Hmm. So I, I would go, not crazy, but, like, I, I think I don't work as well. Like, even, I, I know a lot of people who like to work, you know, with, with their chill vibes to study and or relax to. But it, it doesn't <laughs> yeah. it doesn't really help me do anything. Um, I, I would almost rather have the quiet and be left alone with my mania and thoughts than, than, than try and have the background track. Mm. And if I do, I would rather put on, like, an audiobook. And and like listen to something or learn something, then then how could just... you possibly be listening to an audiobook and doing work at the same time? Now that makes no sense. It depends on the work. It depends on the work. If I'm doing like you know bookkeeping or accounting, which is I guess the same thing, or um, you can't do that while writing or doing a lot of creative work. But like menial uh-huh. task work, um, that's that that's the time for audiobooking or podcasting. I mean, yeah, I I I get that. I'm just not sure what menial work. Like, I do. <laughs> I, like, okay, so I, I, so when I was uh, at the paper factory, right, driving a forklift, picking shit up, putting it down, picking shit up, putting it down, picking shit up, putting it down. Like, I don't need to think about that at all. It's very much a, a physical and like all the thinking is, is 
like subconscious I don't know, almost even know like what yeah. the word is. Yeah, I don't know if it's subconscious or like reflexive or whatever. It's it's just like I don't have to think about that literally at all. So bookkeeping. I feel like you have to think about that a little bit. Yeah, just making You're writing ex- down things. Just making Excel spreadsheet. I I yeah, do yeah. I do my taxes while listening to War and Peace every year. Like I don't I don't see what mm-hmm. the big deal. Let's see. <laughs> this guy's smart. Um you know, I I saw I saw a Reddit thread today, and I thought that this was the one that you were alluding to uh, as as is interesting. Uh, coming off the back of a of a Kezu tweet of Hey everybody, we're undefe- Quincy Crews undefeated in the DPC, uh, and people are talking about Hey, how do they not have a team sponsor? And I know that this is something we've touched upon before. Uh, because we both like know, you know, background reasons of you know why Dota may or may not be profitable for teams or sponsors or what have you, and why it's like not super great for people looking to try and make money from that perspective. But I think this is the first time that I've really seen that discussion um, posed as like a question and like being a Reddit topic that that like the general populace was discussing, like. Hey, how come this isn't a thing? Um, and I'm assuming that that person is being spurred on by by you know the the, the Quincy Crew treats. Um, so I I think that that is interesting. That it is a conversation that is kind of like you know escaping the the bubble of people who are like you know invested or or know what's going on and kind of you know filtering down to to general populace of like, hey, what's going on here? Um, and just seeing people's responses and and hypotheses is hypotheses uh, is is I, I found just just an ounce interesting. I mean, you um, if you go through all of the regions, uh, and you go through like all of the Division One teams outside of the NA teams, there's only like I think less than five unsponsored teams. But NA has set six, excuse me, shout out to Wildcard Gaming. We, six unsponsored, well, I guess Arkosh is a weird except five, <laughs> but, but, but previous seasons it was seven, you know. Uh, this season it actually, uh, we got Wildcard, which is um, a, a thing, but like there are, and then, then it gets even worse when you look at like Division Two of other regions, and you see sponsored names, uh, and you're just like, "There's not a sponsor for upper most upper division NA teams, and there hasn't been for a while, but there are multiple multiple sponsors. Like Gambit has a junior team in Division Two, you know." Uh, there are a couple Western European teams who are sponsored. Brain, for example. Uh, Southeast Asia has the very expensive uh, talent roster. You know, uh, most of those, most of the Southeast Asian teams are sponsored. Uh, and and I feel like the comparison to Western Europe is the best one because, like, obviously it's cheaper uh, to sponsor a Southeast Asian or South American team. Um, or even Eastern Europe, but like Western Europe, it's got to be at least somewhat close. Uh, and almost all the teams in upper division are sponsored. There's only cool guys. Oh, is, Team is Tickles. Tickles. Yeah. So yeah. 
So there's I, two of them unsponsored. But there's also Division Two teams that are sponsored, I'm pretty sure. Like Brain. I, I, know, I know Brain is for sure. They might be the only one. Entity. I'm, That's another one. I'm clicking through the different regions just to like kind of live fact check you and i and i'm only seeing those two in in western europe that jump out to me uh, outside of non-na regions yeah like everybody in eastern europe everybody in china i mean i actually don't i'm pretty sure that that lbzs is actually a uh a multi-org team um everybody in south america everybody in south america everybody in you know southeast asia so it's just basically the entirety of North America and two spots in Western Europe. Yeah. And Western Europe, you can be like, okay, these teams are maybe a little bit more expensive. They're a little bit more turnover. They're a little bit... It, you can you can think about it being hard to invest in a team that has high turnover. You see that like, you know, with, with Level Up and the people who were sponsoring Chicken Fighters last year, whose name I don't remember, and... Um, you know, br- uh, brains stuck together with their roster, even though they were Division Two and will soon be Division One again. So, like, yeah, okay, there, there's competition there. And then you look at North America, and it is evil geniuses and wild card. Yep, and it's been that way for a while, and that is also happening in CS:GO. As, as far as I'm aware, I don't think it's nearly as egregious as what's happening here in Dota, but it's also a thing there. So. Yep. It's not good. And before anybody says anything about like, oh, teams or whatever, like, oh, they're dog shit. uh, I want to remind people that uh, Quincy Grew got 9th through 12th and TI. Evil Geniuses also got 9th through 12th, but they were also back-to-back major champions. Uh, And Undying got 13th through 16th. None of the NA teams got dead last. None of them bottomed out of groups. And Undying, as an example, the worst team of NA, won more games at TI than they lost. So let me just cut off that argument real quick of like, oh, any teams are like total dog shit and like they, they don't deserve being sponsored because they're doing better than other regions with no sponsors and only three slots and no opportunity to go to majors. Like Undying, for example, doesn't get to play in wildcard. You know, so I, uh, you know, I, I feel like I don't really want to hear that. I don't want to hear that garbage. You know. Yeah, I, I, it's it feels so hard to even begin to explain because there's so many different nuances and things that like people don't really know. But I wonder if uh, the conversation shifting. And, and more people discussing it in public, on Reddit, on Twitter, what have you, will spur any type of, you know, people who want to maybe try and take a swing on a roster or, I don't know, I, I, I would say some type of change from the top, but I genuinely don't even know what that would be. Like, at, at the end of the day, it's a business decision with a lack of money to be generated, yeah, the uh, the top Reddit comment, uh, I think, in that thread, uh, the bottom paragraph they say is that the Dota esports scene is ultimately good for Valve and a risk for everyone else. 
which I don't know if that's like I don't think that if that I'm not sure if that's entirely fair. Um like a few, like 4 or 5 years ago I felt like Valve was was like very clearly choosing two different routes in their esports scenes and just kind of like seeing like what happens sort of deal. Like what happens when you give uh like TI and like a major system in in Dota 2 when you know CS:GO is obviously uh, relatively untouched, uh, especially compared to Dota. Um, so I don't know if that's entirely fair to say it that way. There are obviously other uh, actors that benefit from um, Dota system. I mean, the number one thing is the players. Uh, the players benefit most directly. Now, obviously, a more robust esports scene... Uh, and also you have to like limit like who you're talking about at players. When we talk about players, we're really talking about the people at TI yep. benefit, right? So we're talking about like the top 10% of players, but like a like, hundred people. Other, yeah. The, the other 90% of like people who play professionally to some degree, or at least try, um, don't, don't benefit. Uh, and even those players who, who win at TI, uh, let's say like not even the people uh like let's say the bottom the bottom six so 13th through 16th and the bottom two they may even they might actually benefit more from having a robust esports scene as a whole uh because maybe like things like salary right would would be able to uh cover the the amount of money that they win at ti right if they just had like a different system of some kind, whatever it is, and a robust scene that actually it manages to support a, a good salary, you know? Because right now it's like, go big or go home, you know? Like, you either do well at TI and you're set, or it's all been kind of not worth. I wish I knew what percent of teams organizations work are cash flow positive on dota make money on dota i uh, kind of doubt that very many very many western teams are positive in dota i feel like the eastern european teams uh and maybe the southeast asian teams but i feel like western europe and na cannot be very profitable yeah. Um and that's that's another thing is like Dota is a very global esports. So it's a, it's a little weird to compare to uh, other esports because I feel like uh Dota is is almost like the most global in a way, right? Like our competition I I think is incredibly close cross regions. Right? We don't have one region that like dominates uh and if they do, they don't dominate for years and years, you know. So like China will always be the best region, but like you, like if you were to like, um, like China will always have like the most teams in top eight, uh, or at least are likely to. Mm -hmm. Winning TI, I feel like could be up to any region, right? 
almost any region. South America is like still the one region that you could probably leave off there. But Eastern Europe just won. Western Europe has won in the past. NA always has evil geniuses. And I think people discount like what the other teams in NA could do. Uh, I actually had an interesting discussion with SVG. He said like people who are like, oh, who, who say like, oh, yeah, you could tell like Team Spirit. Like, yeah, they could definitely be TI champs. He says that, that's that's horse shit. That's horseshit. Because <laughs> Why? the team spirit, even uh, the team spirit, even at like the Dota Pit tournament or whatever, like they weren't good enough to win TI. Then you watch team spirit at group stage; they weren't good enough to win TI. Then I think people underestimate like how much uh, like growth happens within a tournament, and like how people like figure things out. Like people just hit like a magic, you know. Like that, that sort of thing just happens at TIs. Um, and, and so like, I think people underestimate like how much is, how much growth is possible within a tournament. So I... it can happen with team spirit. It can happen, you know, with other teams is basically what I'm saying. And it can definitely happen with NA teams. Talents there, for sure. You 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 brought up EG, and they were also in the news for for a little second because they're finishing out the rest of their. I almost said split. I've been doing too much League of Legends work recently. They're <laughs> they're they're gonna finish out their their season with MSS standing in for Nightfall. Yes, they are, and they uh, immediately won their series against four Zoomers with MSS. They looked pretty good. Uh, they looked pretty good. We'll we'll see if they're good enough to beat Quincy Corona dying. That is the they have to win out. If they do win out, then they're uh likely in a tiebreaker uh with Undying, Undying because Quincy Crew was the team that won against Undying. So yeah, we had our undefeated head to head matchup. Quincy Crew won that one. So shout outs to them. Um I think that that is probably the most likely scenario at this point that that we see evil geniuses rob undying yet again of being able to go to an international event after a tiebreaker <laughs> yeah could be could what, be what's the downside of just you know mid-season like this i know we've seen other teams do it before and a lot of teams more so in like in eastern europe are just being like yeah we're just uh diff- different player for a couple weeks different player for a couple weeks like uh well i think this is covid problems basically I think they're uh, having a, whatever it is. They're having a hard time getting uh, Nightfall to uh, NA. So this was like apparently uh, MSS found out like a week before. But he said Bulba messaged him and said, "Hey, is your offlane any good?" <laughs> <laughs> so. Man, Bubba probably had to like rack go. his brain for like who's available and yeah, who's close? who's an offlaner in NA that is still here, you know? Because that's a pretty Cause... thin pool. Yeah. Also, MSS also said that he had offers, but he didn't have great ones. Uh, and he said he so he wanted to play in Europe, and he had an offer from a European team. Uh, and he said he didn't he didn't like super believe in the team and he didn't take it and it's probably for the best because they're not doing very well. 
And I feel like it's super obvious that it's Alliance. Because they took Leslau, right? So I think it would be super obvious for them to just take Leslau and MSS as a duo. Uh, they're European. They're not doing very well. Open and shut case. I think you've saw, you must have been really good at Clue uh, when you were younger. Because, I mean, you that's, yeah. that's, that's the whole thing. Um, Alliance definitely getting relegated, right? No, 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 no. They're not definitely getting relegated. They still have uh, a decent shot of getting themselves out of there. Uh, it, it requires them to beat uh, Nigma, I believe, or something. Their game something against, with Nigma. Their game against Liquid is tomorrow. They. Oh wait, Nigma uh, beat Alliance. Yeah. When did that happen? Was that today? That was a week ago. That was on the fifth. Oh, that was on the fifth. Oh, okay. Maybe they are getting relegated. They're they're one and four. Alliance's games they have to play are against OG and Liquid. <laughs> um, they need to win at least one of those games to force a tiebreaker, and then they need either Nigma or Secret to lose both of their games. This is not going to happen. Do you think? Because do you think there's any feelings there if Team Liquid are the ones to send Alliance down? To relegation. I don't think the Lions deserve to be a TI. That's my personal opinion. Wow. This man also said that South America. What'd you say? South America wasn't going to win a game or something like that. I th- I said uh, they were going to they... be eliminated from both groups. Yes, and they did. This man's not wrong. He's he's got the hot takes, the spicy takes, but they've been right. That's a They've very been right so far. To, to say that South America is going to get eliminated in groups, given especially Thunder Predator's story last year, I don't know if I'd call that a spicy take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But keep keep talking me up. I like it. Secret Secret's next game is against Cool Guys. There is there's there's no way that they lose that right. So that yeah. means that they need Nigma to lose both games. Nigma is playing Liquid tomorrow. Nigma could potentially lose that. Um, yeah. Okay, Nigma's last game, also against Cool Guys. So, yeah. so for a, so for Alliance, yeah. for Alliance to not be relegated, they need to beat OG and Liquid, and they need Cool Guys to either beat Secret or Nigma. Cool Guys who were already eliminated, in theory. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I'm I'm gonna say with ninety percent confidence that Alliance is getting relegated. You right. You right. Last time that I talked about, because obviously I'm not covering Western Europe, mm-hmm. really. Uh, so last time I had had that conversation, it was if Alliance beats Nigma, then they're then things are potentially okay for them. Mm-hmm. But yikes! I didn't know they had already lost. Oof. They they lost, and was it even a? Yeah, it, it was a two-game series, and both game like game two was like twenty minutes. Yeah. So that's I mean not it, looking hot. I I I don't want to piss on their grave. I don't want to give the wrong idea there. I'm a big uh, Nico baby fan. I do like Hanskin. Um, I think that it's important to have you know the Western European teams that actually have. I love Hanskin. Some stuff like going on, like to do well. Um. 
So I think it's I think it's you know holistically unfortunate and probably not good for the Alliance fan base. But uh, I don't know. They you, might. You know, I I mean, you know who took their spot? Team Tickles. Which I mean, Team Tickles. I mean, if you if you swap Team Tickles and Alliance, things like that's the natural. You know, the Western European like rankings look a little bit more natural, except for the whole secret positioning. But like everything else looks way more natural. But goddamn, Tickles beat OG. They're four and one. I believe they're locked in for at least tiebreakers for the major, if not outright for the major. They are not. They're not. I don't think because they go four and three, but Nigma and Secret could also still be four and three. So I think it's. Well, that would gu- that would still guarantee them for a slot for a tiebreaker. Yes, 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 yes. I think you're, yes, yes. I, I did Nigma and Secret already have three losses. That's how I always look at it. When it comes to going to the major, it's always about losses, not wins. So, Tickles, I mean, it's hard to say that, you know, it's just Viking GG because really at the end of the day, it's just two of their players who were transferred over, but hard to hard to argue that they're not doing something right. I'd be interested to see if they maintain momentum into a second season and also how they do at a major, if they end up getting into wild cards, like how they're competing on an international stage. Cause I don't and think- how do they do with a patch? I think I think the like a lot of potential rankings could get shaken up by a patch, you know. Because right now, what what is the patch benefit? Like, I know you're not watching, you know, Team Tickles games, but like, who who is performing well this patch? Like, what 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 is it about the certain? Is, is it is it you know having um, I, aggressive uh, tempoy mids? Is it? I think it's less. I, I don't want to get into like the nitty gritty of like what's good and bad this patch. I think it's more so. I think it's easier for uh, lesser teams, and I'm I'm not calling any specific team like lesser or anything, but like I think it's it is uh, better for lesser teams, less experienced teams, teams that like just don't have the wealth of experience that like the absolute best do, for them to be able to take all of the the data of the patch and know how to play dota does that make sense like basically um so for example like a great example was secret in that online era how they were crazy crazy dominant but like eventually they just ran out of steam Mm -hmm. everybody else catches up to you but like what the best teams do is they take a patch and they're able to 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 jet out ahead they're able to fucking sprint out ahead of everybody else. Everybody else is playing catch up and learning from them. But like you give it enough time and enough data, they're going to learn. Like these these are motivated people. So they may not have the same instincts for Dota that you have, but they're still incredibly motivated and they're trying their damnedest to go to TI and like they will catch up to you. Like you you don't hold some like secret fucking information. <laughs> because replays are readily available, they can literally just watch Dota from your perspective and learn. So, uh, yeah. So I think it'll be really interesting to see who continues to succeed after there is a patch. 
which traditionally we might see a small one before a major, but probably not a giant one. Yeah, probably not. Probably not until the second season, uh, or possibly even the third. Though the way that people are getting real rowdy, I'm assuming it'll be the second. I can't imagine Valve waiting all the way till the third season to drop a patch. I feel like that would uh, because then it would be, be riots in the streets. It would just be every Reddit post. Everyone would be like, "Guys, I, the game hasn't been updated in eight months," which I guess is you know fair. At, la- launching Ag's Labyrinth isn't really an excuse for people who want to play and have balance changes. Yeah, and as far as like the very limited understanding that I have, uh, like I don't think Ice Frog is working on Aghanim's Labyrinth. I could be wrong, but like I don't, I don't think the balance team is necessarily the same as the content team. If that makes sense, yeah. that that would make sense. I would assume, you know, I I, I know nothing, but I would ass- I, literally nothing. I would assume that Ice Frog's position affords him the ability to just do the thing that he wants to do, um, and the thing that, and I am assuming that thing is you know tweaking numbers and adding heroes and looking at gameplay balance. I, my assumption is that's where he gets his you know Jimmy's rustled. That 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 that's where he gets excited. Yeah, or whoever's replaced Ice Frog. As the conspiracy continues, does Ice Frog still work for Valve? Does he do anything at all? Yeah, you know, I hear that sometimes from pro players, where they're like, "I think that like everybody has their conspiracy theory that like Ice Frog left at a certain time because Dota changed from their perspective. Dota had like a fundamental shift that they don't think Ice Frog would would have done." You know, and I some of that I can agree with. I think there is a hundred percent. There is a one hundred percent in my mind a period of time where Ice Frog did not have his hands on the wheel, because you remember there was a period of time where we had some changes, and then those changes all got reverted. <laughs> it's like Ice Frog was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't, I don't know if I can really do this anymore, guys. Like, I'm gonna let you guys do the next one." And there and were some things that changed. Like... <laughs> not, not even shrines. Well, maybe. Uh, no, there there was like uh, some weird stuff that like got put in and reverted. Um, and I can't remember what exactly it was. But it was like a period of like three to four months where like some changes got, got put into Dota. And they were kind of weird. And then... The... <laughs> It was like, Ice Frog's like, what the fuck are you doing to my gig? Give me that shit. <laughs> Grabs the wheel back and yanks it. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, I'm going to uh, cut out a little bit earlier than normal. Not too much earlier than normal. Because I have to go film an announcement video for a Counter-Strike player. Ooh, new Counter-Strike player. Ooh la la, CSGO Liquid. I don't even know who's on your team anymore. Who do you got? You've got Elise, Naf, OC. I don't know who that is. I know who Shox is and Adrian. So you're missing a player. So you have your final final player to announce. Yep, got to go. You guys no longer have Stewie2K? Oof. Uh, Stewie is still on the roster, but he is not active. Oh, okay. He's benched. Yeah, Stewie is benched. Yeah, well, you guys try and extract money from some other organization. For I him? no comment. <laughs> Understandable. 
Uh, so I, I gotta go do that. Um, we didn't get any any questions on patreon.com slash sidepole um, for for our question segment, so I might need to reevaluate putting that at the lower tier that everybody is at, and then just, you know, broadening that pool. But if that happens, we probably have to figure out something to supplement that's, like, exciting for the people who are at the higher level. We can talk about that later. But, um, I wanna, I wanna make sure that people know if, if they are on the Patreon tier at $10, they can go ask a question on patreon we we read them every week except for this week because there is none uh and thank you everybody who signed up again this month and uh yeah i did the plug we did the show now we can go to, i'll go hang out with a tbd player that hopefully i could talk about next week okie dokie have fun with uh let me think of a super controversial simple is too easy to say um have fun with Pasha Biceps. He's back, baby. He actually is already signed to Team Liquid as an influencer. Yeah, he's in your Poland. streamer, right? Yeah, he's a, he's you guys a streamer are upgrading for us. him from streamer to player. Let's go.